We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for December 18th, 2023. And um, the next part, we're going to talk more about these cursed symbols that we were talking about in the last study. You know, the Baphomet thing with the pentagram and all that stuff. They're trying to put in the state capitol. They're trying to, to defile um, these places and put their satanic hoof prints on places like that you know consider like the capital you know they they understand the concept if the head is sick the body will be sick okay not to say the head of this country and the capitals aren't sick but they they really want to put their their overt stamps on these types of places so i did a teaching um back in september 23rd of 2007 called the hexagram the mark of the beast and the hebrew roots connection part one and two i give you the links here or you can just key in hexagram in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com you'll find it with a corresponding pdf and i'll just read you the table of contents many believe the six-pointed star which is the hexagram is a jewish jewish slash christian symbol but nothing could be further from the truth and it is as it is one of the highest most wicked of all occult symbols this is very prevalent symbol in the hebrew roots movement messianic movement the six-pointed star or hexagram is a curse mark it's a hex Hex is a curse. Hexagram is a curse mark no matter what name you may associate it with. It's definitely not the Star of David like they would say it is. David never had anything to do with this. Um, the Seal of Solomon, that might have been the case at one time because Solomon got off way, way, way off into that satanic path. I believe he came back uh, before, but before he died. There's a Bible to indicate that, but he married all those foreign wives that were pagans and it stole his heart away for a time anyway solomon seal the double triangle the shield of david etc etc when an occult practitioner puts a curse on someone he uses well he can use a hexagram um and the bible verse romans 10 verses 1 through 2 brethren my heart's desire and prayer to god for israel is they might be saved for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Uh, so it's not my goal to condemn the Jewish people, but to condemn the six-pointed star, which is a cursed symbol. The hexagram was mentioned and condemned by God, the God of Israel, in Amos 5.26, where it was called by him the star of your God, Molech, or otherwise called Chun. Reference was also made to the Israelites having it in the wilderness in Acts this is New Testament, Acts 7.43 by Stephen, where it was called the Star of Remphan. All these names refer to the god Saturn. Now, the name Saturn in Chaldee is pronounced Sater, but S-A-T-U-R. But as every Chaldean scholar knows, this consists of four letters, um, which is actually um, S-T-U-R. The name contains exactly the apocalyptic number of 666, if you add the numerology of all the numbers together. I give you that here in this little description. Now, Saturn is also the sixth planet of the sun, from the sun. It has, um, it's associated with Satan, which has a very similar spelling as well. It also has a hexagon on the bottom of the planet of Saturn, which is like the inside of a hexagram. Okay, also... What do we call Christmas? Well, what was Christmas originally called? Saturnalia. That was the actual holiday of Christmas 
in that time period where all manner of debauchery and evil and wickedness took place. That is modern day Christmas. Had nothing to do with the birth of Christ. Done a whole teaching on this. Just key in Xmas, Christmas, whatever you you derivation you want to key in in the keyword search box. And I've done a whole study. I've actually done several studies on that subject. Uh, so that leads us to this. Satanic symbols are everywhere with devastating consequences. The hexagram is just one of them. The hexagram also relates heavily to Xmas or Saturnalia. And this is a this is a video that Dave Hodges just interviewed this guy not too long ago and it was pretty insightful and gets into some stuff. I stop it at the 27 around the 27 minute mark. Um from what I saw, the stuff he gets into after that is a, is the stuff that I a lot of the stuff that I covered in my teaching that I just told you about that I posted. So, but I wanted to play this because it, this talks a lot about satanic symbols in modern day culture and how they're being put there to basically curse and defile the planet, which is very, very important to Satan. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this. Hodges here at the Common Sense Show. Welcome. Welcome. Glad you're with us. You can see we have Chris Kitsy with us and we're going to be talking about symbols of the occult and as chris and i were talking about before we came on we're not trying to make enemies of anybody uh we're just showing what is and what it's all about and then you get to be the judge and we're certainly not trying to offend anybody hey before we start i get a ton of requests for things like this coffee cup a building it might tell you this kind of a person lives here so they're used as not only is something that has a certain amount of power, right? Mm -hmm. But that also people... He's talking about satanic symbols in general. ...used to signal intentions, which that means is that I can leave a message. If I leave something, a sign on the side of a building, it might tell you this kind of a person lives here. Right. Or this kind of person has um, a presence here. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the signage is used on businesses and all these other things. And that's why you see things like the pyramid which, of course, everyone's seen the pyramid, the capstone. It's on the back of the $1 bill. And where did that come from? That's a whole nother show. What we're going to talk about tonight is the hexagram. And the hexagram is a, the word hex comes from Greek. It means six, the number six. And it's a six-pointed, six-sided hexagon. is a six-sided thing. The hexagon's in the middle. And... You know, most people think of it as the Star of David. And as we're going to go through and show, it had absolutely nothing to do with David. Yeah, I know. And that. it's been used by, you know, a lot of different um, a lot of different religions. You know, there are examples we're going to show you from uh, from Buddhism, from, uh, you know, the Tao Te Ching, which is the or not Tao Te Ching, but the I Ching, which is in China, which is used for um, basically divination. So, in other words, telling the future. And that was used extensively in China. And that all uses the hexagram. But the main purpose, the main use of this hexagram is that it was used to conjure spirits, demons, and it was used in witchcraft and sorcery. Now, it's got other uses today, but that use is still there. So, you know, you have to ask yourself the question is, do the people who are using the symbol know what its true meaning is or not? Or maybe they've come up with a different meaning. And that's up to them. 
But even if they have come up with a different meaning, the, the old meaning is, uh, is still there. Yeah. Now, when you put a hex right. on... I mean, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It was a wicked symbol. Always been a wicked symbol. You're just, you can't make something holy out of something wicked. Buddy, this is like witchcraft, right? You are putting, you're casting a spell, putting a curse on somebody. That's what a hex is. Right. Now, in German, the word hexa means witch. <clears throat> and when you go through and you look at how the witch, you know, what did, what did witches do and how did people deal with witches? They did not like witches. They did not like to have witches around. That's why witches used to be burned at the stake. So there's a whole thing about this that goes back in history and, you know, where it came from. Now, if you go back in time. And why witches were, um, they were, the, the pronouncement of the death penalty was pronounced against them. You know, in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament in particular. So it was a very, very serious, serious thing. To, for example, the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia, and this is from 1943, it reported the six-pointed star is of ancient origin, according to the Rosicrucians used in Egyptian, Hindus, that's where it's called the Shakona, Shatkona. The Chinese used it, of course, for the divination, and then the Peruvians. So it's been found literally all over the world. Now, when you go through, and what I'm going to show now, I'm going to show, I'm going to do a little quick screen share here. I'm going to show this, if I can find it here. Where did my screen go? Whiteboard. Hold on a second here. Oh, I see what's happening. This is it. Let's share this. Sorry for the delay. Okay. Now. So you're obviously going to have to watch the video to, you know, get the visualization here. This is a diagram of the, of the hexagrams of the I Ching. Now, what's, what's interesting about this is who made this diagram? Diagram was made by a German mathematician who became famous later on. His, his name was Gottfried Leibniz. And the I Ching was his, um, his inspiration that he used to create the, uh, the binary number system. Now, where's the binary number system go? Where, did, where was it used? Everything that uses a computer is all based yeah, on exactly, it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's zeros and ones, right? exactly it's just zeros and ones so it's a it's a it's a it's a duality right and as we all know you know your listeners are very up on this you look at what happened with the world trade center two towers knocked them down replaced with one so we've gone we're going from an era of duality to a singularity that's fundamentally what's what's going on here now if you look before at, you leave that point, Chris, let me ask you: When you say singularity, are you actually are you hinting at transhumanism? Yes. Okay, I thought yep. so. Yep. And and the AI, and I'm going to show you something here that in a second that's going to be a little bit disturbing. But there's a couple of key points I want to make here. And <clears throat> so the first thing is it was used the um, the Book of Changes, 
was used, and I'm just going to scroll through this text. I know people don't care about seeing the text, but basically what it is, it's a way of of what they what the ancient Chinese believed was forecasting the will of heaven. Now, who cared about that? Well, the emperor did because he wanted to make sure that he was a good ruler, and he also wanted to make sure that he could get rid of his enemies and make a lot of money, right? That's what all rulers really like to do. They like to take care of their people, the good ones, and the rest of them just want more power and more money. Now, what happens when you when you can understand this is it is using an evil way. And the reason is because if you really believed in God, would you need to use a fortune teller? No. No, you wouldn't. Because that's actually a form of sorcery, mm-hmm. right? Fortune telling is. Right. Now, let's talk about it from the Chinese perspective. So this is from a book called John Falun that I mentioned before to your listeners. And this is from Master Li Hongji. He says the Chinese term juyoka which means sorcery, is taught as knacks, incantations, and techniques. It utilizes the forms of drawing symbols, burning incense, burning papers, chanting incantations, and so on. Now, think about all the places that kind of stuff is used. Super Bowl halftime show, all the, the latest, right? This is, this is all-encompassing. It covers everything. Now, the other thing is, these are from the worldly side path practices in the Tao school. Do not cultivate life. They're low level. This is entirely devoted to fortune telling, feng shui, exercising evil spirits, healing illness. Most of these are used by the worldly side path practices. They can heal illnesses, but the methods employed are not good. Now, why is that? Well, it's because what they're doing is they are summoning a demon. And if you look, you can find things. For example, here's Wikipedia, right? And they're talking about... We talked about demonic healing. Uh, it was, I don't know, one or two studies ago. We talked about that exact subject. Hexagram was and is used in practices of the occult and ceremonial magic. Now they're talking. Okay, so the pentagram and the hexagram. So the pentagram is the five-pointed star. Hexagram is six-pointed. They're both used in occult and ceremonial magic. Got the six-pointed star, star of Remphan. It's called yeah. that in the Bible. It, it, yeah. Seal of Solomon. Yeah. And in Acts by Stephen, it's called the Star of Remphan. And we just talked about that. And again, my study goes really, really far into this. Plus, you can look at the PDF that I use always use as a template in the study to, to really uh, go off of and have a lot of vis- visualization, something you could print out and the whole nine yards. Um, you know, they call it star of David and we're going to get into that here in a minute, but basically it's the soul of magic, astrology and divination. And that's because what they do is they are summoning demons. So what they did, <clears throat> they would take a hexagram. It's two triangles interleaved draw it on the ground as above so below draw it on the ground a demon would get in there they'd draw it with salt and the demon would be captured and then the demon would have to do what they wanted to yeah, do. i think it's like a called a demon trap or something like that and that's that's where some of this power comes from that you see the supernatural power right. now righteous people 
are so far above this. They don't, it doesn't affect them one way or the other. But this is the thing. I wouldn't, uh, okay, I, I would be real careful with what he just said about that because you could have a very righteous person that thinks that the devil's a joke i've been in a lot of churches like this and thinks that it's a big joke and we're going to step on the devil's head and almost an irreverent in they don't believe in witchcraft or think that it would have any bearing and that's exactly what satan wants you to think um I, i'm god is obviously far greater but i also think that we need to it's what spiritual warfare is all about you know it's what you know staying close to god and putting on the full armor of god and praying things like psalm 64 and asking god to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity that's what that's all about so i i don't agree with that last statement because then that if somebody could hear that and then they just go on and think oh okay well i don't gotta worry about any of this witchcraft stuff and they're in they're literally there's whole covens that are putting working all the time in your area most likely to put curses on you to try and, and any little chink in the armor they're trying to assign demons to affect you body soul spirit whatever so i would never take that lightly and and i would give that's a very serious thing so i don't agree with him on that that will affect a lot of other people who may not keep their thoughts righteous they will get influenced by this and then they fall under the spell and that's really what the whole thing is about now if you look at it it says here it says the six like, point that's almost like works based like oh i'm gonna i don't know i would just caution yeah we should keep our thoughts righteous sure 100 percent. but that's no guarantee that something like this couldn't potentially affect you we don't know everything he's he's talking like he assumes he knows everything about witchcraft about what type of witchcraft can affect what person i mean what if there's stuff in your house that you don't know about that's leaving an open door you can have all the righteous thoughts in the world but you can have cursed objects in your house that are giving that stuff a doorway so again a lot of times I do these studies so that I can address something like what he just said. Because I think what he just said is taking the realm of Satan way too lightly. And a Christian could hear that in passing and just dismiss the whole thing and keep going their merry way and not and be very, very deceived about the potential to be affected. Because open doors in our life can come in many different ways. It doesn't have to necessarily be thoughts. It could be, what if you're in a a, a, a house that's that was like uh, all kind of horrible stuff took place in it prior to you being there and you don't know about it. It's, it's not your fault. Okay, what if there's cursed objects in your house that you have no control over? Like that you're one of four or five people that live in the house and there's other people that have brought cursed objects in the house and that's affecting everybody in the house what about that uh i, I could probably go on and on and on so i'm more of taking a very proactive stance when it comes to something like that or is the chief magical diagram for special rights that's what it's used for now 
if you take a look at it, it was it was called they had what was called a talisman of Saturn. Now Saturn, as your as your listeners might know, is one of the things that was worshipped by the ancient Romans. So while they're persecuting Jesus, they're out worshiping Saturn, mm-hmm. right? Right. Now Saturn, if you look at the pole of Saturn, I don't have a picture here, right? But you can look at look it up and look at the pole of Saturn, and it's a hexagon. Yep. Now. How would people have known? So a hexagon is the, if you look at a hexagram, the six-pointed star, and you just hollow out the middle, just the middle part, that's a hexagon, okay? Hexagram is the full six-pointed star. So that's what he means. There is a hexagon on the on the south pole of Saturn. That the, the pole of Saturn had a hexagon. We didn't know about it until maybe some of the space probes saw it or maybe right. a telescope. But it's very recent kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's not it's not visible by the naked eye. That's what your point is. Right. Correct. And the other thing is, the um, you know this particular um, this particular worship was what was called Saturnalia. Yep. Now Saturnalia was a festival that happened right around the time of Christmas, and it was basically a drunken free for all. People could do anything. They right. had orgies. They had all kinds of. You cre- could. You could literally rape children i get into this in my study on on xmas so you i'd key that in if you haven't heard it because <laughs> it's it and it's listen how how do you how do you make that holy how do you come oh well the catholic church did oh what the catholic church did is they came and they took the pagan holidays and they amalgamated them into their own pagan christianized pseudo christian religion and gave them new names so instead of saturnalia now they called it christmas and they said it was the birth of christ when it's not the birth of christ couldn't even have occurred there i mean if you just look at different i even did a study on that as well so you can't if again if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do you can't take something that's wicked and turn it into something good and say it's christian now can i take a hexagram or a pit or a, and again i guess that's what they've attempted to do with the hexagram and amalgamating this into you know the israeli flag and the hebrew roots movement and the messianic religions oh it's good now no it's not it's it's like one of the most wicked symbols in all of witchcraft it's one of the most powerful things you can you can cast to, to you know summon demons and cast wit and hexes on people. How can you how can you make that into something good? You can't. But boy, boy, you you get a lot of blowback on that. You're not going to get as much blowback on a pentagram because there there's a lot of witches that actually overtly wear pentagrams. But oh, you you say something against the hexagram? Oh, it's the Star of David. It's it's the Israeli flag. Don't you support Israel? I can remember I started bringing this up in the churches I was in, this Baptist church I was at, and they went, oh man, don't say that. No, <laughs> can't say that. Why? Well, we got a we got a Jewish Christian, and she's she's a real Jew, and she wears a hexagram, and we don't want to offend her. Okay, so we'll let her we'll let her. Um, perpetuate that sin bring that hexagram in the front door don't say anything to her 
I tried to. She didn't want anything to do with me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Tried to bring it up to the pastor. He didn't really want to mess with it. I'm like, come on, where, where, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is why I left the church. Because this, everywhere I went, I saw, I tried to bring up Christmas and that. And then this is the most hardcore, independent, fundamental, King James only, unincorporated church in where I was at at Lee County. So it should have been the best of the best of the best, the creme of the crop. Oh, there were all kind of stuff they wouldn't. They had, they had all kind of garbage going on with the deacons. There were a lot of them were divorced and, and unbiblically remarried. And that's a whole other subject. But I mean, you can't have that. There was all kind. And then after I left there, and I tried to warn them, um, they had a split. And I'm not saying I was a result of that, but they brought a pastor in that, um, yeah, was basically what they needed, who also was unbiblically, you know, remarried and, and I, I, they, they brought a pastor in that suited their needs. <laughs> so doesn't surprise me, you know, uh, I encountered this over and over. In, in places that I went. Two things. And uh, this was the debauchery of the Roman Empire. Oh, and yeah. it was because of this Baal worship, Saturn worship, Moloch worship, you know, sacrificing children, all these animals, all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. the Jewish Encyclopedia even says it's perhaps the oldest form of idolatry practiced by the ancients. Mm -hmm. Now, what they did was the ancient Israelites Israelites fell into this idolatry and they had the image of Sikath and Cheon, the star of their gods. And today they believe that Cheon is Saturn, the planet Saturn. Yeah. Now Chun. He's he's this Chiun or Chun, whatever. Star of their gods. Rem fan, um, also, yeah, in Acts, where Stephen talked about it. But yeah, it's it's the six-pointed star. What does it do? There is numerology, and I don't know, if, to let me know if you can see this, Dave. I can see it just fine. Important. This is, if you look at the, the numerology behind the hexagram, and you can see there's two triangles, one's pointing up, the other's pointing down, laid on top of each other, right. forms a hexagon in the middle, which is, if you look on the right side, it says six-sided polygon. Mm -hmm. There are six small triangles and six points. Right. And that is the numerological representation of 666. Right. That's what yeah, it is. I wonder, that's what the six sides were for too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. In the study that I did that I posted, and you, you can click on the PDF where you can key hexagram in, I got into the potential for the hexagram being used as part of the mark of the beast. I, I, I'm not dogmatic, but it wouldn't surprise me if the hexagram was incorporated in some way, shape, or form. Remember, it's going to be a mark. I do believe it's going to be a microchip, but there will be a mark in the right hand and in the forehead. You'll be able to go up to somebody. I mean, if, if all they had was a little microchip, you wouldn't really know it was there. So it's not only, I believe, going to be a microchip, but it's going to be a mark. And 
maybe the mark will be in some type of hexagram form. I, I, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. So it all ties into Revelation, which called this calls for wisdom. Let the man who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Now, do we have any idea what kind of number it is? I don't I don't know about that, Dave. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who have made, you know, guesses, educated guesses. There are people who believe a lot of different things. But, you know, some people have said, well, it's the computer, it's this, it's that, it's whatever. But, you know, my, my take on this is when you look at the binary number system, and I'm going to show you something about AI here in a second. Yeah, I mean, 666 will most likely be, you know, obviously the mark some derivation but a hexagram is a 666 i don't know if it'd be a hexagram with a 666 inside it i, I don't know i mean but um it's going to be wicked we know that that's where i think the beast really is i think the beast is really inside of the ai and yeah and and it all has to do remember it's all binary representation but it is really some the beast will be entities. The, the Antichrist and the false prophet will be literal, at least appearing as people. I, I don't know. I've heard all these theories about it's going to be AI. I'm sorry. I they, they're gonna they're going to do physical things. They're going to have, have human type representations. Well, maybe it's some holographic. Okay, I, I think they're going to be at least. I think there's going to be some type of flesh and blood type entity. I'm not saying they're even going to be fully human. It might be Nephilim. I don't know. It's hard to be very dogmatic about this subject. But I'm just going by with what I see in the scriptures. And I don't want to get into any big gigantic debate with somebody if they don't agree with, disagree with me. Whatever. It's, it's open to interpretation. Okay. On, on these types of things. Uh, I'm not going to get into some five day debate with somebody about it's got to be AI or whatever that's pretty tough to prove biblically ai may have a big part in all this whole mess that we're moving into with the antichrist the false prophet i got no problem with that okay but anyway the demon and those aren't just my words those are we'll we'll show you here in a second but the idea is that you know people have been you know, upright people have been opposed to witchcraft and sorcery, cast out and killed practitioners of these dark arts, right? But see, now the problem is, is that as the world falls lower, they've all these these bad things have entered popular society, popular culture, secret societies, and um, religions. Now I'm going to show you some other pictures, and here's the first one. This is a um, this is a photo. Let me just move this out of the way. This is a photo of a symbol from the Masonic Lodge in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm -hmm. I recognize right. it. Now you can see it. So it's inside of a circle. It's got a lot of other symbols. I don't know the meaning of all those other symbols. It's got the G in the middle. It's, it's a hexagram with all these other occult symbols. And these are things that attract devils 
they basically give them a right to be there to curse that place to you know i don't even know the interpretation you'd have to be a high level occultist to know understand all the symbology and all that this thing is attracting because there's so many symbols some of these symbols look like runes right so to the left of the g that looks like a rune and down below at the four o'clock position uh and then in the other triangle there right i mean some of these things quite honestly look like cattle brands but yeah. um you know we're just you and i are from colorado so that's what we see um but anyway let's take a look at some of the other things so here's a masonic lot not a masonic lodge this is a building called the level club in new york city it was built in the 1920s so you can see down below on the right there's the all-seeing eye of providence right on the left all-seeing eye lucifer and horus you can see the masonic compass and mm -hmm. square and then up above you can see the hexagram right and literally there are six hexagrams mm. on this wall so that's that's what's there now here if you look at the masonic symbol you can see it is a it is a deconstructed hexagram right okay so it's missing the only thing it's missing are the two bars that go across right the square and the compass of the masonic symbol it's a deconstructed hexagram otherwise it would be a complete a complete hexagram now here's another picture of inside of a masonic lodge i got this off of twitter and you can see they've got the two pillars one on the left one on the right darkness to light right and then in the middle you can see the the hexagram on the wall now here's where it gets um to me i think it gets a little frightening because this is a game called spellbinding which is for kids and this is something so so children are being conditioned to this kind of occult magic and sorcery and they think it's normal that's the problem you know you tell kids this is evil and they don't care and you notice what this is called it's called a trap card so what it's doing is it's used to trap the demon right so that you can put it to use now here's another picture from another it's, it's a, like a card game another uh some screen captures from manga and from 2003 from some of these games these have subsequently been replaced they've been removed from the game but the person in japan who was looking at this they said why did they take it out well they said it's because they wanted to uh do distribution overseas the japanese just didn't care about it but you know there are people who are very sensitive about that here and so for that reason it's um you know it's a it's a different deal there's also can you um, back up and show that again for a second yes um it's not identical but one thing i know from uh one of my broadcast partners doug thornton uh we do the doug and dave intel report he's former dhs supervisor and he was on the border and they're very much into satanism this is what he's told me border patrol people have told me this too uh, mm -hmm. guys that work for the cbp the cartels yep. are all into this now. Are you aware of that? Mm -hmm. Yep. No, they're there. You see it in their tattoos. Oh, you yeah. see it in their Yeah. yeah. Oh, the symbol oh, is Santa Moarte. <laughs> the angel of death. It's one of their main, probably the most popular 
devil they worship and that they go to to get what they want. They're going to the angel of death, Azrael. I, again, I've done all kinds of studies on Azrael or Santa Moati. You can look them up at contendingfortruth.com. I mean, and that's the main deity. That's the most one of the one of the most popular deities that they worship now. There's shrines to the angel of death all over the place, and it's literally an angel of death in like a shroud. And uh, it's uh, it's so bad. The signs, the hand signs they make, all of these things are, um, you know, they're they're wicked things. That's all you can say. And then the oh, the in this game Manja, it, it has the hexagram. And it's inside an Ouroboros, which is the snake eating its own tail. He didn't even talk about that. And that's that's a whole other wicked symbol unto itself. I mean, and the, the point is, is this satanic symbology is just all over the place. And Satan is doing this because he is trying to curse and defile humanity. These symbols are powerful and they're not to be trifled with and it's so easy not knowing this to maybe bring this into your home um and to have this you know and and, and then it be affecting everyone so anyway so let's keep moving here but we've got a there's another here's one that's a, a video music video by the deftones and by the way this is all on the website that i write called uh decode the world at dot substack dot com and you can find it um you can find it online if you want to go and look at the all the research notes and there's a lot more detail on this but here's a video i don't recommend you listen to it it's typical headbanger stuff but these are people you know a lot of the music business are full of these kind of people i know that i know it's actually really terrible yeah because then what happens is when kids listen to it goes in through your ears and right. they accept the messages yes that are in the music yeah. that's that's what's so frightening about it because it's you know how do you how do you keep your kids away from that you can't let them you really almost have to keep them off the internet now now let's talk about ai so this is the the company open ai which um it's been in the news because they fired the ceo then they rehired the ceo and fired the board so, you know, what happens is if you look at the symbol, that symbol is a hexagram. Mm -hmm. their, their little icon on the left, it's a hexagon in the middle. Those are sixes all around it, Six, sixes going around it. And it's, it's a little softer because it's not a pointed, you know, uh, triangle like on the original hexagram. Do you think it's purposely camouflaged? Right. Oh, yeah. Nope, this is <clears throat> more like a stylized hexagram. This is not an accident. They did this on, they did this, you know, there's a reason. Now I'm going to show you the reason. The reason is, so here's something, here's someone with, who commented. A Reddit user went to ChatGPT and asked about the meaning of this logo. And the ChatGPT AI said, um, he told him it was the eye of Horus. <laughs> right? Uh. That's what Chat GPT said. It's the eye of Horus. I was confused because it doesn't look like the eye of Horus at all. Basically the eye of Lucifer. Not the one you yeah, you look on the back of a one dollar bill. Used to looking at, but this is that's how the AI sees this, is that this is a 
This is the eye of Horus. Hmm. Now, when you think about, remember what I said about summoning demons? Well, here is Elon Musk, and I'm going to play this video. And a warning to Tesla Motors CEO Elon Musk. It has nothing to do with cars. Instead, Musk warns about artificial intelligence, which he has called more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Musk spoke at a symposium at MIT. I mean, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. You know, you know all those stories where there's the guy with the pentagram and the holy water, and it's like, yeah, you sure you can control the demon. It didn't work out. So again, he's warning you. He's one of them. He's bringing this all to pass. We just talked about him in part one today and many other times. But he is warning you. It's a Kabbalistic principle. He's telling you what basically they're doing. All 9,000. So he came right out and spilled the candy in the lobby. Yeah, you, you know, I'm going to go back to something that we've seen a couple of times where groups of scientists, this goes back as far as 10, 12 years, and then most recently in the last six months, where groups of scientists have come out, the last ones petitioned Biden to stop the AI stuff. Uh, their objections that they make public is that they're afraid that the sentient AI will become an existential threat to humanity. I wonder, Chris, if you have any insight as to whether or not they go deeper than that and the threat to humanity is actually satanic in origin. Well, this is what it is when you when you yeah, but the scientist AI. from the scientist point of view, do you think <clears throat> they do you think they know? Well, let's start with this. A lot of scientists a lot of scientists are not um, they're not religious. They're atheists, right? But there are a lot of scientists who are who are religious. You know, and they practice various religions. Some may be Christian, some may be Jewish, some may be, you know, Buddhist, whatever, right? Islam, Muslim. But they, they, many of them do practice religions. But what, you know, what Elon Musk just said there was that it's about summoning the demon. That is what the hexagram does. That's why they made it their logo for, a, for OpenAI, mm -hmm. is because they know what they're doing. They know that this is what they're doing. It's like CERN. It's like what they're doing at CERN. They're opening a portal. That's that's what this symbol does. Now I don't know if, if I ever showed you these, Dave. I'm, I'll I'll have to dig it up and then, you know maybe we could do a later show on it. There were a number of drone UFOs that were spotted in Northern California, and the markings on the side. They captured a few of these. And they figured out that what was powering these things and giving these things the anti-gravity was the sigils. The sigil is a sigil is a sign or symbol mm -hmm. that has these powers. And just by writing these things on it, see, people do not understand right. the power that their thoughts have. I do believe I did a study in the last year or so on where we talked about sigils. An individual person. Why are they doing all of these operations to try and get people to think a certain way? Because they're harnessing the person's thoughts, and a person's thoughts can materially exist and become real and manifest in this dimension. That's what they're trying to do. That's why they're doing all these things, is because they know about your thoughts. Your thoughts are, are really important. You know, one thought can completely change the outcome. That's, that's what we say. And that is, that is true. One righteous thought, it can 
overcome and overpower all kinds of evil, right? Because the saying is, you know, a, a demon is, you know, 10 yards high or whatever. No, demons are small compared to righteous thoughts and righteous people. They always have to be. But what they do is they trick people. And that's what I think we're seeing here is that when you look at the actual technology of the AI, it is it is literally summoning the demon by the different mathematical operations. Inside of a Unix machine, for example, which is what's running most all of these, Unix operating system, you know, a high level is to change the permissions on a file, 666. Not joking. It's 666. The highest level, which is the God mode, is 777. That's why there's seven days in the week. That's why it's the seven years for the uh, Jubilee. All these things. Seven is a is an even more powerful number. But the evil doesn't use it. And the evil uses six because it wants to get something. It wants to get money, power. It wants to avoid a tribulation. So that's the whole thing here about summoning the demon. Um, okay, so he gets into then a lot of the breaks down more into the hexagram and gets into a lot of that, which is very, I, I think, similar into what I, the, the study that I told you about I did back in 07 that I posted there. Um, but yeah, feel free um, if you want to know more there. I'll give you the link. And then... You know, along these lines, I've been kind of waiting to see when I needed to play this video. And I entitled this, God, Remember, God is Greater. The sentient world simulation. Supposedly 7 billion people have their digital twin in the metaverse now. The, infin the infinity machine. Everything you do online, all personal data is collected and used to create a simulation of everyone that is so advanced it can predict what you're going to do now this is what they're saying i'm not saying i buy into every bit of this okay this is what they're saying uh what you're going to do even before you, you know yourself darpa avatar project links your mind to digital world inside of a d-wave quantum computer sentient world simulation uh the digital twin the virtual double the artificial intelligence personality prediction the video is a great summary of the sentient world simulation on how it connects with nanotechnology in your body uh, most likely from as far as nanotech i would say primarily from covid shots for those that got them it explains how targeted in individuals were testing grounds for what is now live for everyone this is for a total control of humanity who is controlling you you know and again i don't buy this is this is from a very um a very secular godless standpoint ai does not control me okay they could say that garbage all day long it does not the reason i'm playing this is that i want you to be aware of it i want you to be aware that this is the garbage they're saying now now i'm not saying there's that the, a lot of this isn't rooted in truth but God is greater for a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, okay? And AI is not controlling me, okay? An, an independent AI su supercomputer, they're saying a demonic demigod, according to the CIA, Robert Duncan, is, that is connected with nanotechnology inside of you via biodirectional uh, telemetry, influencing and monitoring every single human, okay? Again, what this is all designed to do is, is get you to watch it and get, and get you to throw up your hands and say, well, I give up. You know, 
But I want you to be aware of it because, you know, they want you to be without hope. These technologies will operate within our biology and change how we interface with the world. Smart dust, arrays of full computers and antennas, each smaller than a grain of sand, can now organize themselves inside the body. Klaus Schwab altering the human being. Now remember, these are the same people that are trying to avoid God's judgment. These are the same people that are trying to change the timeline so that Revelation and Daniel and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Matthew 24 and those types of verses don't happen. They're not going to do that. They're on the losing team. But they want you to think that there's no hope. And I want you to at least understand this is part of their game plan. Um, then another thing, fourth industrial revolution, the interplay between fields like nanotechnology, brain research, 3D printing. I also don't want you to underestimate your enemy. So if you feel compelled to add anything of this stuff onto your playlist. I've never played this video, the type of video like that you're going to hear here before ever. Um, interplay between fields like nanotechnology, brain research, 3D printing, mobile networks, and computing will create realities that were previously unthinkable. Uh, the fourth industrial revolution will affect the very essence of our human experience. Klaus Schwab, a.k.a. Satan. Here is a sensor. Dr. Anna Michaela. These are the sensors that are interfacing with the AI supercomputers. And she's showing these sensors that they're identifying. I believe this is inside a COVID shot because I don't see any red blood cells at all. It's all square microchips with these biosensors. Um, and there's a good, really good picture of it. So I'm gonna play this video and um, let's see, let's go ahead and, all right. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead uh, of... Obviously, John F. Kennedy. On intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night... Probably shortly before he was assassinated. Armies by day. It's backed by Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, NASA, and the CIA. Each one costs $10 million and operates at 459 degrees below zero. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Uh, they call it the infinity machine, quantum computing. Its preparation D-wave quantum computers are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. If you go all the way back to Norbert Wiener, the goal of creating artificial intelligence was to create an all-seeing eye, a global computer that sees all, sees everything, and to become gods. And the sentient world simulation, SWS, went live in 2007. Right now, we're inside a computer program. Is it really so hard to believe? These nanobots, these blood cell-sized devices, will be going in our bodies. We'll have some go inside our brains through the capillaries, non-invasively. This is Ray Kurzweil, Google engineering director interacting with our biological neurons so they'll put our brains on the internet and they'll also enable us to enter a virtual reality environment from within the nervous system 
So if I want to go in a virtual reality environment, the nanobots will shut down the signals coming from my real eyes and my real skin and create the signals that would be appropriate for the virtual environment. And then it'll feel like I'm in that environment. Is real. It's a scene from the Matrix. How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. If we have algorithms that stimulate the right things and give it the right data, they could reprogram you in a way without you even knowing it. We call it hallucinating, right? But these would be controlled. Uh, hallucinations run by algorithms so you think you're in control of your own will but it's actually some evil AI or evil people controlling everything we do and we're more like zombies you can search the web with real and organic search results and do it without anyone tracking your activity or data we ourselves use Atlas VPN to protect our data online Atlas VPN is more than just any other VPN it blocks all malicious links steady stream of bi-directional low-frequency electromagnetic radiation to the target's brain. And what people have to realize is that these targeted individuals are basically the test stage for rolling all of this madness out to all seven billion of us on this planet. And this was a white paper put out by Purdue University in 2006 and the sentient world simulation SWS went live in 2007 which represents every person on the planet within this computer matrix as a node and every node is given an avatar an identifier and that is real-time 24 7 monitoring of every person on the planet this is primarily but not exclusively facilitated by the a diabetic quantum computers produced by d-wave corporation at the time but again is god bigger than that of course he is of course he is but see a lot of people like anthony patch there you'll get one side and then it's like okay well, that's it. Okay. I just want to let you know this is what's going on. What about building up your faith? What about the weapons of our warfare not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds? What about putting on the full armor of God? What about praying against this wickedness? You know, what about that? What about my God created the universe and all the stars of, you know, Orion and the stars, like we said, the sun and the two, the two lights, the one, the greater light to rule by day and the, and the lesser to rule by night. What about that? They don't have anything that can top that. And that's what I'm talking about. It, is that no matter what, no matter how overwhelming, whatever they're throwing at you, they're throwing at you. God is still infinitely greater than whatever they've got. And you need to always keep that in the forefront of your thought process or you will get overwhelmed and you'll want to, you know, you might want to throw up your hands and give up. Initial reports on the program, there were only 62 country level simulations being run by the U.S. Department of Defense. These simulations gripped humans into composites with 100 individuals acting as a single node. But already at that time, the U.S. Army had used the systems to create a one-to-one -one level simulation of potential Army recruits. It's the stuff of a Hollywood movie, but a group of veterans has filed a lawsuit against the CIA and U.S. Army claiming that the government planted remote-controlled devices in their brains. The claims relate to a government program at the U.S. Army's Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland. 
the ultimate aim would be to archive enough data on each individual to be able to make a computer model of everyone on the planet. In the human genome, we have a finite in the hundreds of thousands of different genes across our species. Um, and we mapped them out in the Human Gene Project. Well, now it's the Human Mind Project, the Global Brain Project. You know, uh, uh, President Obama just recently funded uh, a whole bunch of scientists to decipher the mind. Well, our previous president, same thing, George Bush, said the same thing. They're trying to decipher every possible thought and uniqueness due to culture and language and, and whatnot. And the goal is to make a cognitive model or map of the victim's brain. Ultimately, the system replicates and digitizes the will, intellect, and emotions, the soul of the targets, and downloads this back into the conscious computer. Robots the smartest people. Artificial intelligence, AI. The idea is to port the software from the human brain. First, we're going to need lots of cheap, fast, parallel computers. He was referring to parallel processors about servers. What he did not state was that it is actually the quantum computer systems coming out of D-Wave that actually creates and drives this new matrix known as the SWS. It is not transistor-based servers that run this. They are qubits, quantum bits. It is the SWS and D-Wave that comprises this new matrix. Second, we're going to need to scan individual human brains and find spatial and chemical detail to see exactly what cells are where, connected to what or what type. We could scan my brain from inside, sending scanners through the bloodstream, billions of them in the form of nanorobots or nanobots, and capture every detail of my synapses and neurotransmitters and create a virtual Ray Kurzweil in a very powerful computer. And it would be indistinguishable from me. It would pass a Ray Kurzweil Turing test. And third, we're going to need computer models of how each kind of brain cell works, taking input signals, changing interval state and sending output signals. We have good enough models of all the kinds of brain cells and a good enough model of the brain. We can put it together to make a good enough model of an entire brain. And that model would have the same input output behavior as the original. So if you talk to it, it might talk back. If you ask it to do things, it might do them. If we could do that, everything would change. The Manhattan Project gave us the atomic bomb. The genome project. And what? Gave everything would change what, how? All, all this is going to do, every bit of what they're talking about doing here, is just degradation and the defilement of humanity. It's it's plain God. It's the ultimate in hubris, arrogance, pride, wickedness, really, is where this all leads. The human genome. The third great initiative... Could be. These are all people that are desperate to escape God's judgment. They are desperate to do it their own way, to be as gods. The same lie that the serpent told Eve. They want to be as they want to ascend. They believe they're going to ascend into the wherever. They're going to get their consciousness uploaded into the cloud, or they're going to ascend and they're going to be as gods. They're desperate to not have to stand before a holy God, but none of what they're going to do is going to work. None. I don't care how complex and complicated and whiz-bang-boom this all sounds and CERN and D-Wave and all this other garbage. God is greater. Bottom line. This is nothing for God to deal with. So don't let this overwhelm you. I, but I again, I'm a watchman. I want you to be aware of it. The Connectome Project. To map the entire human brain. And that may take a quantum computer. Okay, the first thing I can tell you is that 
M spent most of their life in virtual reality. While this is what you would look like in virtual reality, this is what an M would look like when virtual reality. It's computer hardware sitting in a server rack somewhere. But still, it could see and experience the same thing. But some things are different for M's. An M can make archive copies, and with enough redundant archives, an M can be immortal in principle, though not usually in practice. Please. And an M can move its brain, the computer that represents its brain, from one physical location to another. M's can actually move around the world at the speed of light. And by moving to a new location, they can interact more quickly with everything. This M's. is a guy named Robert Hansen doing a TED Talk. I mean, again, just, just desperate to not answer to a holy God. I mean, that's what this smacks of to me. Just they they want to be they want to be God they want to be their own gods they want to escape judgment. That's what all this is really about at the end of the day. So they don't have to answer. It's it's all their efforts are going to be in vain. That new location emulation is really what we talk about in the SWS as the nodes, the avatars. Every single person on the planet. Okay, out of Purdue University's own paper in 2006, every person is assigned a avatar. They're represented computationally in the AI system that drives the SWS as a computer node, but they're given an avatar marker. Take the avatar and hang the word emulation on it. In other words, they've been trying... You could pray. If there is a simulation of you, pray against your avatar. Pray, pray against them being able to do this you know I, again i've got the the cern and the d-wave quantum computers on the prayer list for this exact reason to pray against this wickedness that god would annihilate it destroy it in us they've been reproducing us we're reproducing our metadata for years we can model every single atom every single molecule with a three-dimensional structure in every single brain they claim they've modeled the personality of every adult in the united states 230 million people and scl the mothership group they do work in any number of countries they're involved in uh, politics in many countries they put together a micro shot personality assessment for everyone m's are very much like humans but they are not like the typical human the typical m is a copy of the few hundred most productive humans if you construct a model of the human brain you can then plug people into this hive mind you could as an intermediate step take these duplicated neurons artificial warm and wet qubits as i call them and you can integrate those into an actual human mind thus you are able to control that human mind with artificial neurons and then have those minds connected to each other just like you network and daisy chain computer systems that is the hive mind and this means that in the future communications could be done mentally what i'm saying is that the internet will be replaced by brain net they control the mind the same way that they teach the AI computer systems at the high level of AI. We're not talking about cars and trains and planes and automobiles. Okay, we're talking about AI that is so sophisticated that it operates a sentient world simulation, so sophisticated that it actually taps in and controls the mind. 
and Google uh, was the primary uh, interested party that pulled this whole thing together. What they're going to do is apply this machine to an area that I think is fundamentally important. It's the crux of our future as humans. And that's, that's can we build machines like us? We can model every... Why, why does that have to be the crux of art? That is for a godless devil that wants to bring about this godless, evil, transhumanism, humanity 2.0, cyborgian future. Don't speak on my behalf. And, and uh, you know, we don't need this. This is garbage. This is absolute, total satanic lies. Single atom, every single molecule with a three-dimensional structure in your entire brain. That level of precision will keep advancing to the point where it's absolutely indistinguishable, even at the very, you know, microscopic levels. So you could recreate an entity that's, even if you looked inside of it, its simulated brain would be processing information just the way I do. If you start looking at quantum computing and where it's going, it's pretty freaky sort of stuff. And thinking about the world as an electrical universe and the fact that we are energetic electrical beings, that's how we work. Everything is electrical. Every signal that runs through our body is electricity. Everything, every thought we have, everything we feel, every touch, every thing we speak, it's all the result of electromagnetic signals floating around our body, impulses that come from our heart, from our brain. The way we feel a bench when we touch it, this is an electrical signal that's sent to your brain that tells you what the bench feels like. So it's all electromagnetics. It's all firing of electromagnetism through our synapses and all this sort of stuff. The adiabatic quantum computer is linked to 7 billion human brains. It is now, in its own language of cryptology, able to function independent of any oversight throughout the world with its own form of communication, its own form of code. And it is able to link everyone on the planet at this point. We can model every single atom, every single molecule with a three-dimensional structure in every single brain. They claim they've modeled the personality of every adult in the United States, 230 million people. And SCL, the mothership group, they do work in any number of countries. They're involved in uh, politics in many countries. They put together a micro-shot personality assessment for everyone. Okay, so I, we heard enough. I, I wanted you to be aware of that. And, you know, I, I tried to interject faith into that and again this is why i mean granted this is just part of uh, there are parts of that warfare prayer that talk about um cern and d-wave quantum computers praying against yeah you could also pray against if they do have an avatar pray against your them being able to formulate any kind of avatar of you um part of the warfare prayer how how the the uh, one of the warfare prayers near the ending it's for the Lord to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any and all COVID-19 vac vaccine spike proteins, nanobots, na nanoparticles, gra nanotech, graphene oxide, microchips, implants, luciferase, hydrogel, wicked bacteria, viruses, candida, prions, and parasites in or on our bodies, and to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any other wicked things the globalist elite may have gotten into our bodies. So, this is why I've added this into the, uh, the warfare prayers. For these kind of reasons also um my teaching on psalm 64 god's judgment on wickedness a christian's door of hope and i'll just read you the table of con and this is from 2007 as well i think all the teachings i went over today from were from 2007 this is a very important teaching regarding the precatory prayers and on why the judgment of god on wickedness has always been a bible believer's door of hope quote door of hope that's a biblical term 
We will explore many scriptures to validate this, but this is not a teaching that is usually ever heard or preached on in modern day churches in America. If we as Bible believing Christians can get a hold of this biblical concept, the Lord will be able to work through us individually and collectively in a mighty way. Beyond salvation, this is one of the most important issues that the modern day Bible believer needs to understand, and hopefully this will be, be a big encouragement to you as well. We will also be exploring the various things that can hinder our prayers and what the prerequisites are for the Lord to hear our prayers. I will give be giving my personal testimony regarding these issues as well, as the tenets of this teaching have totally changed my life for the better. This teaching was originally inspired by Pastor John Weaver's sermon, A Door of Hope. See the link below. So if you want to hear his his uh, teaching on that, I give you my links to the uh, teaching. And, uh, you know, I need to... Uh, let me just see something here. I want to make sure that you can... Yeah, you can... Okay, so, yeah, man, that's three hours long. Three, three hours and nine minutes long for that. Um, I'm going to, I don't have my link in here, so I'm going to put the link in here. Okay. I just put the clickable link in the, or you can get in Psalm 64 in the continueforjew.com. Okay. And then lastly, this last part is entitled urine therapy. And I'm not kidding. Urine therapy exposed as evil. Recently, I've received many inquiries from well-meaning Christians regarding the potential benefits of urine therapy. Meaning drinking your own urine. I'm not lying. I, for a lot of you, you, may be shocked. I've had this over and over and over again since I've been in ministry. And this is my response. Urine therapy also relates to tantric sex yoga. Where drinking your own urine and eating your own feces are practiced and encouraged. Now I did a two-part teaching entitled Rick Warren's Latest Demonic Trap Ex Exposed, the new health and wellness initiative promoting tantric sex yoga, meditation, and Reiki, part one and two. I give you the link. Um, links here. Let's talk more about urine therapy. The, the origin of this unusual practice seems to be certain religious rites among the Hindus, where it was called Amaroli, in tantric religious traditions this incorporates the hindu ayurvedic medicinal system tantric yoga is otherwise known as a form of sexual yoga its main tenet uh it is the main tenet of the ordo templar orientis or the oto a religious offshoot of child molester and murderer and high level satanist and the great beast called satanist alistair crowley who we talked about earlier it's a big part of the oto um the OTO involves tantric sex yoga with their occultic religious practices. I've talked a lot about the OTO over the years. My mom's friend, her daughter was involved with it. Just keying OTO, you'll probably find my testimonies on that. I don't have time to get into all that today, but I've had a lot of experience with that. Not, not and I've never been involved with it, but just knowing people. Um, unfortunately, it's not even appropriate to state their beliefs in regard to tantric yoga as they are so incredibly debased this is how the oto incorporates this tantric yoga which urine therapy is a part of it the oto their their religious beliefs and stuff are so debased i can't even say them on air i've already said more than i want to say already so some some red flags here with the urine therapy you know, just a little, little bit of red flags. Oh, it's going to get better. It's it's going to get 
Oh, actually a lot worse. Since urine is emitted from the same bodily organ used in sex, at least in the male, perhaps it was thought that by drinking one's own urine, um, you were swallowing some sort of sexual energizer. In any case, it is unlikely that Indians some 4,000 years ago had scientific reasons for drinking their own urine. It is possible that this practice, urine therapy, is related to superstitions based on sympathetic magic. Sympathetic magic is the basis for most forms of divination, which we talked We've talked a lot about this today. Sympathetic magic is probably the, the basis for such notions as karma, synchronicity, eating the heart of a brave but defeated warrior foe, throwing spears at painted animals on cave walls, wearing the reindeer antler before the hunt, um, rape rituals to increase the fertility of crops. Sympathetic magic is surely the basis for homeopathy. Oh boy. I'm going to talk more about that in a sec and remote healing. In Siberia, some found drinking urine was a way to continue hallucinogenic and spiritual effects of special mushrooms. A notion which seems to be accepted by urine therapy proponents is that urine is really blood. Now, think about this. Why? Why would they say that urine is blood? Since it is a byproduct of blood filtered by the kidneys. See, the kidneys, the blood flows into the kidneys, the kidneys takes the waste products out of the blood and that is what, that's where urine is made. It goes down the ureters, it's stored in the bladder until it's excreted. So urine was once absolutely the blood. It was a, it was a component of the blood, which is another gigantic red flag as we will see. This, is, this statement is actually true, but obviously we cannot call urine blood, but it is a 100% byproduct of our own blood if taken at face value we must look at what the word of god has to say and how god feels about drinking blood of which urine is 100 percent a byproduct of um genesis uh, or after the vegetation was utterly destroyed by the flood noah came out of the ark god gave permission to mankind to eat flesh foods uh, Genesis 9 verses 1 through 3 and God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you even as the green herb I have given you all things there was however a restriction placed upon the human race in verse 4 Genesis 9 verse 4 but the flesh and the life thereof which is the blood thereof ye shall not eat we are not to eat or drink blood, actually. Eat, really drink blood. Um, urine is 100% a byproduct of blood. So that by itself is all I would need to see. I mean, in the other obvious reasons, okay? And we're going to give you more. The restriction was reaffirmed after the children of Israel left Egypt. Though through Moses the prophet, God said, quote, It shall be perpetual statute for your generations throughout all dwellings that ye shall ne neither eat in the fat nor the blood. Cutting big slabs of fat off meat and eating them, I don't believe is biblical. This is a perpetual statute for the generations throughout all their dwellings to given to Israel. Now, you can say, well, that was to Israel. Yeah, but he said that to, to um, Noah about not eating the blood. And I don't think that, um, uh, I think there's a lot of wisdom in the Levitical dietary guidelines. And it said, don't eat the fat nor the blood. Okay. 
Orthodox Jews have followed these Levitical restrictions generation after generation since Leviticus 3.17 is a perpetual statute that applies to all mankind, not only the Jews. It is a reproach to God to consume blood or any byproduct of the blood. Now, I'm going to give you a whole lot more that you can go into this on yourself because I'm, I'm running out of time and I don't have time to do dedicated. I actually did do a dedicated study on the on this subject a long time ago. I can't find it. It's somewhere buried in the 2,000 plus studies that I've done. The problem is, is, is I've done so many studies in so many newsletters that stuff gets, on certain subjects, it gets jumbled up. Okay, amazingly, many use the Bible to justify the practice of urine therapy from the Bible verse below. Here is the main verse I have heard the New Agers and the information and the research. And this goes back to when I first heard about this until now. This is the main Bible verse they're using to brainwash people into thinking that urine therapy is biblical. Here it is. Okay. Proverbs 5.15. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Where does it say in there that that means drink your own urine? And what is the context of that? Well, we're going to look at that. Well, this is a classic case of pulling one portion of scripture out of the Bible and perverting it. In order to interpret this verse, we must look at the whole context of the chapter. Number one, it doesn't say drink your own urine. Okay. But let's look at the whole context of the chapter. The proverb is clearly a warning for men to stay away from promiscuous women. That's what this is about. I'm going to read it to you. First verse. Proverbs 5, verse 1, My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear down to my understanding. Verse 3, For the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb, and her mouth is as smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold of hell. This is a promiscuous woman. This is the context. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Then it goes, it goes to verse 15. Drink waters out of thine own cistern and running waters out of thine own well. Does this say drink your own urine? Let's read more. Let the fountains be dispersed abroad and the rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Meaning, don't cheat on your wife. Okay? That's drinking water out of your own cistern and out of your own well. It's like a um, a, pro a like a proverb. Well, this is, this is Proverbs. Okay? It's an analogy. Has nothing to do with drinking your own urine. But this is how cults get started. They take one verse or maybe several out of context. Jehovah Witnesses do it. Mormons do it. The host of cults do this. And then they isolate them apart from the context of the verse and then they start their own little death cults. This is another great example of that. This is clearly when it says, let thy fountain be blessed. Okay. The fountain they're, ta they're talking about is, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. That's what it means when it says, drink waters out of thine own cistern and run in waters out of thine own well. Don't, don't go be with, with a promiscuous woman. Don't cheat on your wife. Verse 20, and why will thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a strange? It's all cross 
confirming. I mean, I hope you can see that. It's pretty simple. In other words, this is an admonition to stay faithful to your own wife and not be joined to a harlot. This has nothing to do with drinking your own urine. <laughs> It's, it's almost laughable when I see, and this is, their, they're like, oh, it's biblical. See, look, this one verse says it all. And it doesn't even say that. I mean, drink waters out of that own sister and run, running waters out of that. How do you, how do you pervert that to, to, to say that means drink your own urine? I mean, come on. I could, I mean, if you had your own well at your house, it would mean, you know, drink water out of your own well. You could interpret it that way, I guess. And out of your own cistern. Yeah. Don't, don't, I mean, don't steal. Don't steal away and don't steal, you know, um, another person's wife or run away with them or stay in your own lane. Stay with your own wife. Drink waters out of your own cistern. What is yours? What God's given you? That's what it means. It's so simple. So listener content on urine therapy from a longtime listener, John Hinton, he said, as for the tantric aspects, I can vouch for the deep evil of that form of Hinduism. When I was a student in India, I interviewed some Agorai tantrics and no religion, not even voodoo. And voodoo is as bad as it gets just about. Sinks to such low levels of demonic depravity as Agora Tantra, which is a form of the, this tantric sex magic of which urine therapy is a main thing. Okay. And which included fornication with prostitutes, drinking great amounts of whiskey, and consumption of human excrement and human flesh. Oh, great. Cannibalism. Wonderful. Great. And you're and drinking your own urine. Although Gandhi was mild in comparison, comparison, that naked savage, as Churchill aptly called him, drank his own or cow's urine every day. Ugh. He was skinny, a skinny weakling who was physically decrepit as he was spiritually. Yeah, I could probably do a five-part study on the wickedness of Gandhi. Now, Mike Adams has this video up there where they're trying to convince you you've got to do urine therapy. And guess what? How they're justifying it? They're saying, "Well, they're they're using this Bible verse that I just gave you, yeah, same old story I saw before." And they're saying, "Well, it's the it's the best way we can we can uh, we're getting our own adult stem cells. If if it's good, why is the body trying to get rid of it? Does the body not know what it's doing when it's trying to get rid of urine? Well, why not eat your own feces then too? I mean, that's what the tantric sex yoga people do. You know." I'm sure they could justify that as well. Now, I, I talked a lot about stem cells lately. I, I have that new line that I brought in, that plant-based stem cell, that plant-based peptide that stimulates your own adult stem cells. And there's different organs for different ones, like heart, kidney, all that other stuff. And I'm getting rave reviews on them. Um, I'm having a hard time keeping them in stock, actually. But... Okay, I, I, so I understand the concept of stimulating your own adult stem cells. And this is the main carrot that they're using to try to get you to drink your own urine. I've had Christians come to me in the past clear despondent saying, well, I guess I just don't have any choice. I, I, according to this research, I've got it. No, you don't have to do this. No, you don't. This is wicked. It's perverted. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hopefully, I've given you enough information right there. 
that you're not going to do this. Now, I mentioned homeopathy. I haven't really ever done a dedicated study on this. I probably needed to do this a long time ago, and I'm sorry. Um, listener comment regarding homeopathy, uh, which has its roots in occult vitalism and new age occultic beliefs. Okay, this is a long time listener. I got this back in 2019 from Jay. And he said, when my wife was a toddler, when, when my wife's child was a toddler, she had horrible teething problems. We looked everywhere for something that wasn't harmful that would help soothe her. We found some homeopathic teething tablets that seemed to work. These are homeopathic. At the time, we did not know what homeo homeopathy was, what ingredients were in it, and what the strength dilutions meant. And back then, the research was not so readily available. In homeopathy, there is a specific process that must be followed called dilution and succession. The process is, is called dynamization and potentiation by homeopaths the more diluted a substance is supposedly the more potent they believe it becomes the process of diluting the substance then shaking and banging the container firmly on a surface must be followed precisely in order to release a therapeutic immaterial and vital force into the substance the substance is shaken a minimum of 100 shakes each time it's diluted this vital force is supposed to be held in the substance via a concept known as water memory Substances that are used in homeopathy are chosen because they cause these same symptoms as the disease they're supposed to treat. The active ingredient is often a poison, like belladonna, strychnine, lead, mercury, arsenic, or botulism. But they're given names that the average person would never know. Meaning like Roos Tox means poison ivy, which is another ingredient in homeopathy. Yeah, that's, they do do that. But don't worry too much. The dilution, the succession ratio make the poison undetected. In most, but not all, homeopathic products, they say this is due to the process of potentiation, um, and they say the substance is changed to no, be no longer harmful. They don't explain exactly how this happens. It seems the devil is in the details. How then does homeopathic medicines actually cure anything? Many who are against homeopathy in favor of conventional medicine will say it's just a placebo effect, but in my opinion, that does not explain it all away so easily. It's the process that is supposed to impart a force to the substance that is supposed to heal. Think energy medicine, chi, prana, all that really, really new age Hinduistic type stuff. So what is this force that it is imparted? If, if it does what it says, then this is some type of form of witchcraft, which we should have no part of, but instead warn others about its danger. There is more to the story about the teething tablets we gave our daughter. After we started giving our daughter the teething tablets, she did sleep better and seemed to feel better. However, in the following weeks and months, something really odd happened and scary. Our daughter had started to see imaginary visitors that were so vivid to her. And with the details she gave, we knew it wasn't simply her imagination. There was no way it could have, have been... Um, there was no way it could have been she was too young to understand what she was happening we did not know what was causing it until after we stopped using the teething tablets then we realized that the homeopathic teething pills were responsible for these like demonic visions because it all stopped happening since that day the company had an fda recall for the varying amounts of belladonna and the product that we gave our daughter meaning they had not been diluted enough <laughs> to make the poison not toxic Ugh. So, thank God nothing happened. And then he posted the verse, Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. I've heard the same dynamic happening with 
people that put dream catchers, those Indian feathery dream catcher things, which are absolutely totally demonic. There, there should be demon catchers, just like a hexagram. Like they'll put them over their cribs, and the in the in the, the babies will just scream and cry and go crazy, and in you know until they're taken away. Those are bad. Those are horrible. It's just think, a great example of bringing cursed objects in your house and not knowing any better. You know, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. It's a big reason this ministry exists. Here's another report. Beware of homeopathy. This is from a pastor, David Cloud. Um, a whole gigantic report on homeopathy and on all the ways it's occultic and all the red flags and, you know... There's just red flag after red flag after a coldest um, thing. It, it's just not anything you want to be messing around with. Okay. And I, I should have done the study a lot longer. Again, I do apologize. I should have done the study on this very, very long time ago. Um, okay. So this is from a book called Health and Healing, page 37. It says, Homeo. Homeopaths use remedies containing no drug materials, yet they believe in the existence and therapeutic power of some aspect of the drug, of its idea, if you will, or a or its ghost or spirit. Truly, homeopathy is a spiritual medicine con consistent with the founders' views on the relative importance of spiritual versus spiritual versus material reality. Um, in his book *Science and the Art of Homeopathy*, J.T. Kent says, "Quote." In the un this is all referenced. I mean, again, they're openly admitting to this. In the universe, everything have its own, has its own atmosphere. Each human also possesses its atmosphere or its aura. It occupies a very important place in homeopathic studies. Kent says the homeopath must learn to see with the eyes of the spirit. Um, it's just, oof. Swiss Journal of Homeopathy says the homeopathic cure has an occult mind of its own. Nice. It's known just to where to locate the originating originating cause of the disorder and the method of getting getting to it. And neither the patient nor the doctor has as much wisdom or knowledge. This is exactly what is said for Reiki energy. And Reiki is just the most demonic stuff. I've had a lot of experience of that garbage too. Um, many homeopaths use radionic pendulums to detect and analyze human energy field and you stay away from that too that pendulum stuff i i have been in, ugh, they douse occultically i have been exposed to that in spades when i was early on in my chiropractic career i was doing all that i wasn't doing pendulum work no i was doing a lot of kinesiology muscle testing asking the body questions stuff i shouldn't have been doing got away from it all um God got me out of all that stuff, but yeah, oh yeah, it's real easy to get off into left field with this stuff. Um, they occultically douse for answers and use astrology in their diagnosis. They also communicate with spiritualists in search of cures. Uh, Dr. Bop interviewed a woman who, prior to her conversion to Christ, had worked in a homeopathic laboratory of high standing in France. She said that when she was interviewed for the job, she was asked, for her astrological sign and queried as to whether she was a medium, meaning a witch. When she passed the interview and was hired, she learned the secret of the inner working of the laboratory, that they research new treatments by questioning spirits during seances. This is how they're making their products. 
the woman renounced homeopathy after she was converted. Oh, I mean, you could. It, it, this just goes on and on and on. Okay, on a, here's another one. New Age Medicine, homeopathy. Pastor David Brown, PhD. He wrote a whole thing. Now, you can't get this anymore. I couldn't, I, I, I thank God I downloaded it before. Um, but he starts off by saying, would you go to see a witch doctor to cure a physical ailment? Uh, there might be some reading this research that would, but few Christians would seek to help, he, seek help from someone that knew they practiced occult medicine using demonic powers for healing. The problem is there's a whole new breed of healers using occult means and occult powers for healing. And they neither dress nor look like witch doctors that you see in National Geographic. They look like you and me. So, um, she, he, he goes into this whole thing. It's, it's a lot. He goes into all the stuff with homeopathy. So there's three different reports there. All referenced, actually heavily referenced. I mean, I didn't. I didn't realize it was this bad until I looked at this research and I was like, oh man, this is so bad. This is so like yoked up with like demonic spirits and stuff like this. Just really, really bad. Anyway, this PDF, <laughs> I mean, this just goes on. I just don't have time today. I mean, I'm, I'm almost out of, I'm getting uh, where I could, I wouldn't have the time to cover all this. Uh, psychic... Psychic healing, homeopathy, acupuncture, which I used to, I got my degree in acupuncture, University of Miami, uh, probably back in, hmm, would have been 94, probably around 94. Uh, um, I never really practiced very much homeopathy. I was more into whole foods and herbs, more whole foods than anything, whole food supplements like standard process. Oregon therapy, which is also pure, pure wickedness. Those Oregon things. Oh, man. I've done a whole teaching on that. Key in Oregon, O-R-G-O-N-E, wickedness. This witch named Sherry Schreiner, who God, I believe, took her out, was one of the first, quote, supposed Christians promoting this to other Christians in order to fight evil. You know what Oregon means? You know what it stands for? Orgasmic energy. They believe that they make these little they, these little uh, acrylic things and they put pennies and copper in it and they put them out around and they believe that they capture this Oregon energy. You know what that, the energy they believe it's capturing? And again, this is kind of adult content, but it's the energy that is released when somebody has an orgasm. That's what orgone therapy is. And that is also promoted to a ton of Christians. And it's still promoted. I still see it, you know, and put out to Christians to, you know, oh, you need to, you need to do this. Uh, psychic healing, homeopathy, acupuncture, organ therapy, and various shamans and voodoo all suggest that there must be an energy outside of the contemporary definition. Home, homeopathy is a stepping stone to other occult activities. Uh, I mean, this goes on and on and on. This is, I mean, I, there's just no way. And then the references, the footnotes on this one report alone is 31 footnotes. Okay, last thing, and I'm just going to mention this briefly. The blood and meat warning about um, those Bible verses in Leviticus where it said not to eat the blood. And it also says that many other places. It says it in the New Testament as well. We're not to eat the blood, okay, and meat. Um. I did a study on this. Again, I can't find it. 
and uh, it's probably buried in, in some other stuff. A lot of it is kind of some of the verses I just covered, but it goes into blood and meat, um, how to get it out, and some options that you would have, okay, regarding that whole thing. So I'm not going to get into that, but I'm going to have this. And if you do a keyword search for blood and meat, you should find this teaching, and then you can print this information out. And it's a good five, I think a good five pages of information. If you can find my previous teaching on it, then you can listen to the audio. I just don't have time to really get into this whole thing today and do a dedicated teaching on it. But it, it is up there on continuefortruth.com. Anyway, I give you the, the template, though. I give you that same information here. Um, so that's all I have for today. And God, uh, God bless you all. And Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio. Thank you.